I'm Emily Swinford, and with some help from my friend, Todd Studer at Todd Studer Productions, you are listening to Emily Sells Iowa, the podcast. Join me, my colleagues, clients, and friends as we discuss real life, real estate. Please note that the opinions and content of this podcast are my own and not necessarily the opinions of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, any realtor associations, or any other persons or entities. If your property is listed with a real estate broker, please know that it is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. If you're interested in buying or selling properties, what is happening in your community, or what's new in the real estate world, then this podcast is for you. The first episode of a brand new podcast called Emily Sells Iowa. Emily Swinford is with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, Council Bluffs, Iowa, Glenwood, Iowa, all across Southwest Iowa. She would love to be able to help you buy or sell a house. And Emily is in studio today to fill us in on, like I said, this brand new podcast. Uh, Emily, it's great to see you here today. And let's get a little bit of your background first so people can know who you are. And then we'll kind of lead into why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, you bet. First of all, I'm super excited to be here. Todd's studio is super awesome, so you will have to come check it out if you live in the area. Uh, I decided to do this podcast just to kind of be able to talk a little bit more real life. I feel like a lot of times I'm talking to my clients and repeating the same things over and over, so I just thought it would be kind of a cool new way to communicate with people. My background, Todd, uh, is it's pretty diverse. I Graduated high school and went to Northwest Missouri State University in Maryville, Missouri. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats. That's right. And I ended up taking a little bit of time off school and started working at a bank where I kind of did a lot of things, helped with auditing. I was a teller manager, eventually a personal banker, uh, but I really liked the sales part of it. And so I have two daughters, Hannah and Molly. And when I had my second daughter, Molly, I was kind of thinking about how can I be more present? How can I be a stay-at-home mom? I'd always worked full-time while I was in college full-time. And now that I had two kids, I really wanted to be able to spend more time with them. So I thought, oh, I'll get my real estate license. And that (laughs) didn't quite go as planned. I went headfirst into real estate full-time and have really loved every moment of it. That was back in 2013. So I've been doing this just a little over eight years and um, have worked for two different brokerages during that time. Tell me about the first time that you had an opportunity that you knew your name was going on a contract, whether it's buying or selling or or representing someone. You always remember the first time. What was that experience like? Well, it was a little scary, but luckily my first client ever was my grandpa. And that was totally unexpected at the time, but he decided that he wanted to purchase an investment property. And I'd just gotten my license. At at that time, they came in the mail. Um, I know it wasn't that long ago, but now everything's moved to electronic. And so the first offer I ever wrote was for my grandpa. It was actually a, a, a really pivotal moment, although it was so early in my career. I remember sitting in his kitchen going through the contract and he had several questions. And here's my grandpa who has owned businesses and had a strong presence in the Mills County community since I was little. And he has all these questions. And I was just shocked to see that he just didn't know everything. You know, you kind of think that your grandpa, your dad, all those um, influencers in your life know everything. And so I said, I can't believe you don't know this. And he said, Emily, I haven't bought or sold a house in over 40 years. And that was truly the moment during my first transaction uh, working for somebody that obviously is super special to me that I realized how important this job really is and what you're doing for people. As you're telling that story, I'm thinking just how great of an experience that would be because you are not only 
able to help someone that really means a lot to you, but you're also getting some firsthand experience with how do you find out information that maybe you don't know yet. So it was a wonderful learning experience for both of you. True. That's 100% correct. And in real estate, you're never going to know everything. So we're constantly learning. And the other thought that comes to mind, Todd, is when people buy or sell real estate, they're going through typically a, a huge life change. Moving itself is uh, is a life change, but I tend to get the phone calls when people are getting married, getting divorced, having babies, kids are going off to college. So these are already naturally really emotional times in people's lives uh, when they are buying or selling homes. And so it's really in, important. And I think that that is kind of what keeps me going. And it's not just an emotional time, but also people typically have to move pretty quickly. You don't get a lot of time to contemplate, uh, especially with uh, the way the market has been over the past uh, year, year and a half, that if you find a place, you probably need to get an offer in fairly quickly. Yeah, that's true. And and finding kind of my balance between being an emotional person and empathizing with my clients and also trying to stay objective so that ultimately they can get what they want or sometimes need hear what they need to hear, which isn't always what they want to hear. You know, it can be kind of a, a balancing act at times. And a lot of times you're 100% correct. You might wake up uh, one morning and you're buying a house and you didn't even, even know that that was what the day was going to go like for you. So when I bought my own house uh, with my fiance, Seth, we just went and looked kind of just feeling things out. And the next thing you know, we were in a multiple offer situation and had the house bought by that evening. So it's, I can relate to people, but you are moving fast and making quick decisions and, and major life-changing decisions at times. I sold a house earlier this year and I thought that the open house was going to be finished. So I was driving by and the sun was already down. And as I'm getting closer to the house, I can see the lights are still on and I see a young couple standing in the driveway. And I just kept moving, obviously. It, they don't need me standing around there <laughs> during an open house. But I could tell that they were going through the process of, is this what we want? We need to make a decision here. And that is a big, big role in a real estate agent's uh, job is to make sure that people feel comfortable with the decision and also understanding that they're going to have questions. And it's going to be kind of an ongoing process even after that offer is made. That's right. And I usually tell people, I am not here to, you can't make people do you know, what they don't want to do ultimately. And if you do, you're just setting yourself up for a disaster down the road at some point, it's going to implode. But I tell people all the time, you know, I am, I'm a pretty black and white person when it comes to the sales part of me. I'll give you as much information as I can, sometimes too much information, but I want you to really, really know what you're getting yourself into. I'll tell you if I think you need to make an offer that day or if you have time to sleep on it, if you need to make an offer over asking or if we can maybe try to negotiate a little bit. At the end of the day, I work for you, so I'm I'm there to guide you and do what you want me to do, but I'm pretty black and white and it's up to you ultimately to make the decisions. So I've just kind of always done business that way. I try not to be super, what's the word, aggressive when pressuring, you know, or not pressuring people into things, but I like to educate people so that they know what they're getting themselves into. How difficult is it to be able to stay on top of the trends? Because markets shift. And as you just mentioned, can we sleep on this particular property for a day or does the offer need to come in right away or where to put that uh, offer or where to put the price if they're selling it? How difficult is it for you as a real estate agent to stay on top of those trends? 
That's a good question. It's constantly changing. It it doesn't just change from year to year, but actually season to season. Um, we're going and I worked on five offers uh, this week and it's only Wednesday that we're sitting here recording this. And, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's been rather quiet. But uh, in October, we tend to close on more because people are trying to, again, move before snow hits or or while the kids are on their breaks from school. And so staying on trend in the real estate world is not always easy. And and that's from both looking at um, running a business and needing to stay on top of social media, what's you know new, um, how to have conversations with people, as well as the actual marketplace interest rates and values of homes. So there's a lot that goes into it, but I I do it full time and then some, and I just kind of wake up every morning ready to pivot. I I used to not do very well with change. And since becoming a realtor, I do very well with change. Before we get into uh, Better Homes and Gardens and why you decided to be a part of that group, I wanted to ask you, how long were you doing this after your grandfather's transaction before you started to realize Oh wait a minute! I'm good at this. I can I can do this because there had to have been a little bit of trepidation right at the beginning as you, as you're just getting the ball going. To be a hundred percent honest, I the first, especially the first three years were an absolute blur. I was overworking myself. I was stressed out all the time. It just it it started and it didn't stop. I I never had the time to really try to systemize what I was doing. I was just uh, constantly hustling, trying to find that next deal. When I started to burn out, I'd say really burn out that first time was when I realized something's this this is not going to work in the long run, and I've really got to start to to systemize. So I have brought on over time a couple of part time assistants. My older daughter helps me sometimes. Now I do have a full time assistant and transaction coordinator, as well as a showing assistant and a couple other realtors that are on our team that I work with that are always there to back me up. But those first couple of years, it it was just a blur. And I think to answer your question, I guess I never really thought of whether I was good or bad at it. It's just the business kept coming in, but now I don't go to sleep at night worrying about where the next deal comes from. I've simplified, so I spend a lot less money and a lot less time, but I do things that work and invest back in in my past clients and try to work primarily by by referral. I think the more you help people, um, the naturally the, the more naturally the business will come. That's actually a very good answer because I, I talk with a lot of different people across this desk and a lot of different industries, but there's always a common theme that runs through any business that you're in and it's about building relationships and you talk about the only way you're going to get a referral is if you do have that relationship and people know that they can trust you. Trust is a big, big thing in the real estate industry and you've done a very good job of letting people know that they can trust you and then following up with that. Well, and then one thing that people ask a lot is what what did what was the biggest thing that you did that when you got started? And sure we all now we all have Facebook and all of these different ways of talking with people, but the one thing that I did consistently every single day was I wrote out no, and I still do it. Um, I wrote out note cards to everybody I came across, to waitresses at restaurants, and I tell new agents this: you don't have to have a lot of money. I I had a four year old and a newborn, and had just quit my job to be a supposed full time or part time stay at home mom, part time real estate agent, but. Those little note cards, just last week I wrote one out and I said, or I got a phone call from a friend and it happened to be her mother who got the note card and I hadn't even put two and two together uh, that that was her mother. And she said, that's the first handwritten note card my mom's received in the mail in years. And she was 
so excited about it. You know, it means a lot to people and it co- it forces you as a business person and a friend or whatever capacity that relationship or you have with that in that relationship, it forces you to slow down and truly be grateful for the people that you are around. Just handwritten note cards. They cost 52 cents a stamp or <laughs> whatever now. And I probably sent out 20 of them a day when I first started. Wow. that, that That's a great tip. And I think that that can work for across the board, all kinds of industries that people do appreciate that. I know I do, that if if I get something in the mail that's handwritten on the envelope, oh, that I know for a fact that somebody took the time and was thinking about me when they did it. So that just adds something to it. Let's find out more about Better Homes and Gardens. Your office is just down the street from mine. I think it's great. That I, I don't know. Did you walk over here today? Today, I actually drove. You drove today. <laughs> but I have walked. <laughs> you have walked before in the past when you come over to the studios. It's, it's, it's a block and a half down the street. And I love that being in the downtown area in Council Bluffs like we are kind of keeps us connected with everybody else, uh, whether it be businesses or restaurants or, you know, we've got, there's even some lawyers down in this way. So, <laughs> you know, but everybody's just, it, it's a business community that I really, really enjoy being a part of. So when you... We're looking around at different places where you're going to be able to sell and purchase homes for other people with uh, better homes and gardens. Why this organization? What was it that stood out that made you want to be a part of it? So I started, uh, as I said earlier, in real estate eight years ago. I started with a family-owned brokerage who I obviously wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for them and years and years of knowledge that I had access to during my time there. So I came to Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate, the Good Life Group, about four years, a little over four years ago, I guess. And uh, the culture here is phenomenal. When I started, I was one of the first Iowa agents to come on board with them. So primarily Omaha. And I believe at that time there were 97 realtors that were part of Better Homes. And now we've grown to over 300, a lot more staff and new offices. So they have five locations around Omaha area including Bellevue, Elkhorn, and uh, Council Bluffs, we just opened down the street last year. And then I have a small office in Glenwood that is just uh, myself and my team. Uh, The culture at Better Homes is, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a group that has grown so quickly, but that has maintained kind of that small town, small group feeling. Everybody's super inclusive and supportive of each other. Uh, we get together for different brainstorming things. There's no secrets. Uh, if if a, I see an agent that's doing something really cool and I kind of want to know more about it, uh, they are totally willing to collaborate. Uh, so they, the, the culture at Better Homes is just unmatched. They put on several events and um, our brokers act as if you are their only agent. They answer their phone when you call. They're just incredible. Let's talk about this podcast, Emily Sells Iowa, which by the way is your website, emilysellsiowa.com. Why did you decide that you wanted to do this? We know we talked a little bit about wanting to reach out to people. Because you say the same uh, thing a lot over and over. But we're going to be moving forward with this. This is an ongoing thing. This is not, we're not just doing one or two here. We have made a commitment to each other that we are going to do this for a while. So where do you see this going? What, What types of things do you want to bring to the podcast that folks will be able to listen to? Well, the first time I was in your studio, Todd, I know you recall because it wasn't that long ago, I was with uh, the Mills County, Iowa Chamber of Commerce director and was a guest on their podcast. And it was really interesting to see how easy it was and or how easy you made it, I should say. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) And how fun it was. And I thought, well, if 
Todd can make it look this simple. I, this is all that I listen to. I don't even know who the new uh, artists are. I used to be a huge country music fan, and although I, that's still what I listen to, I, I now when I'm driving, running, walking, whatever I'm doing, I'm listening to podcasts. Everything from true crime to real estate coaches to kind of all, all of the above to the Mills County podcast. And um, so I thought, well, this would be kind of cool to just do my own. And that way I could get relevant information out there that never goes away, too. And also invite my clients who my own businesses um, on the show to talk about uh, what they're doing, promote community events, promote my own client events, talk real estate tips, that sort of thing. And I also think it will be cool to get a few clients on there to talk about their experiences, good, bad, or ugly, because we do a lot of <laughs> things behind the scenes that aren't always as glamorous as it may look on the outside. So I want to get kind of really gritty and, and talk about some of those real life scenarios. When you and I first started talking about the concept of Emily Sells Iowa, this podcast, you mentioned your clients, and that was what I got most excited about because it's an opportunity to meet real-life people who have real-life experiences that are all unique to them and to get some of their backstories. We're all roaming around together, and sometimes we forget that the neighbor two blocks over that maybe we haven't met has a wonderful story to tell, and they are getting up every morning and, and going through their lives uh, just like all of us are, so we can learn a little bit more about them and find out some of the different things that they were able to overcome as they were either purchasing or selling a home and, and some of the different problems they had. I'm going to get it put up on the wall. I've said it so many times in this room that ships rise together, whether it be competing businesses that are both going to be able to help each other as they're coming up, or it's going to be neighbors that uh, have similar experiences that when something good happens to someone you can share that with someone else and everybody can benefit from it so that's what really excites me about this and i'm thrilled that you made the decision to do this and, and i am going to uh, do my very best to uh, make sure that uh, we put out a very quality product and that your message is put out there uh, the best way that it can be so thank you for me to you well, I am super excited, so thank you.